Hey guys, welcome to another episode. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the Virginia rally, talk about Second Amendment rights, yeehaw mofo, and afterwards I talk about my experience at the Jiao Hui, or the Jiao Hui, I gotta look up the tones. Anyway, it was a little church, little church gathering I went to here in Taipei, awesome people, awesome time, awesome message. So, you can follow me on my blog, tstutch.com. You can like and subscribe on YouTube, Taylor Space Stutch. You can email me at tayradio1 at gmail.com and Twitter, tstutch1. Thank you. Bye. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. It is time. It is that time. Again, uh, welcome to another episode. So let's talk about the Virginia rally. Um, in case some people know, there have been there's been a hustle and bustle about a potential pro Second Amendment rally that's going to occur in Virginia. And for anyone who doesn't know what's going on, it's because Virginia has been making some laws um, that are going to Whatever it is, they've either been passing laws or they've been talking about creating legislation uh, to further restrict access to firearms. So I'm not sure the specifics of those laws, but the regardless of the specifics of the laws that are looking to be passed, one thing is for sure, uh, people are – in general, people that are pro-Second Amendment right to bear arms – there, it's extremely obvious that the left wing of the country wants to make it as difficult or impossible to own firearms legally in the United States uh, because anytime there's a mass shooting, we all know that people come out and say, ah, we must take away everyone's firearms, and it's pretty much the first thing that happens. So um, I don't like to get my news from fake news outlets like the Washington Post, but let's see if we can go ahead and just get some basic information here. It says, live updates, Virginia gun rally, uh, thousands gathered near the Capitol under heavy security. So inside restricted rally area, no guns but also no bathrooms. Um, okay. Let's see here. Um you know what? These articles are such a waste of time. Thousands of gun rights supporters from Virginia and across the country are coming to Richmond for a rally in opposition to gun control laws being advanced by the General Assembly's new Democratic majority. So I guess there is a new Democratic majority in the, uh, the legislature of the state of Virginia – and they want to pass some uh, gun restrictions. After threats and indication of potential violence, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam ordered a state of emergency and banned guns from the Capitol Square. Gun control groups and advocates for other causes are staying away from what in the past has been a day of citizen lobbying on a wide range of issues. Gun rights activists and militias are dividing into two groups, those who will shed their weapons and enter the secured area and those who will remain armed in the streets outside the Capitol complex. Okay, so the um, the governor who I believe was caught in blackface, who is – not only is he racist, but he's what we could consider 
a just a he's just a piece of shit, uh, for a lack of a better term, is ordering ban, uh, guns to be banned from Capitol Square, which I assume is an you know just a specific area, uh, because people quote unquote were threatening violence. Now, with the anyone following this information, this is why nuance is so important. If you read a headline that says somebody threatened violence at the gun control rally, most people are not going to think about that and go, oh, did that really happen? Who threatened the violence? You know, Where is the source for this? It, considering most left-wing – most news outlets are dominated by the left-wing in the, in the US, it means that – People are able to write salacious headlines about their opposition, and there will be almost no fact-checking, no sourcing, and once those headlines are created, that's all that matters. So if somebody says, oh, somebody threatened violence at the gun rally, then all of a sudden people are going to go, oh, look at these. These gun people are violent. But anyway, there's an area in the Capitol. They're not allowed to have guns, so the pro-gun people are showing up and some are agreeing to go into the no-gun area and some are agreeing to stay out. So anyone who's listening to this outside of the U.S. might go, what the fuck is this? Basically, a bunch of people who own weapons are going to protest at a state capitol with their guns. And they're allowed to walk on the streets of the state capitol with their guns. It's just a particular area they're not allowed to go with their guns. And a lot of people might wonder like, whoa, this sounds crazy. And it does sound kind of crazy, doesn't it? I'm not going to deny that. It is a little crazy. Sorry, I'm putting on Vaseline onto these supple lips. Um, It is a little bit crazy, but it's for good reason. So I am going to – I am in 100% – I am in support of the guns rights activists – I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Second Amendment was not created to go hunting. Uh, The Second Amendment, which is the right to bear arms, was not created just for home defense. It was created to protect against a tyrannical, a tyrannical government. And around the world, we see that this is a huge issue. With uh, mass surveillance being prevalent in all major countries, with privacy almost non-existent, it, in my opinion, the a fact that Americans can still defend themselves with guns is extremely important because it's the only way to stop a government from imposing its will on its people without any consequence. And it's funny because people mistake this stability for lack of variability or the lack of variability for stability. I think that comes from Nassim Taleb uh, that he discussed that in a tweet that people confuse uh, lack of variability with stability. Basically, just because things aren't up and down all the time doesn't mean they're actually stable. And basically, things could be very, very fragile. Uh, our society, you know, in the United States, we've been very fortunate. We haven't experienced any major economic, like serious, seriously synchronized major economic downturn since the Great Depression. Of course, we've had issues. We had, you know, the Great Financial Crisis. 
We've had ups and downs throughout the 90s and the 80s and the 70s, oil shocks, but it wasn't the whole economy going into the shitter at once. It was different sectors um, and you know just different things were happening, but it wasn't a synchronized downturn like we saw in the Great Depression. Uh, but people don't realize how fortunate we are to have the prosperity that we've had in the United States where generally speaking people follow the laws – uh, where we have a rule of law somewhat. Now, that's a whole nother thing. Um, not only do I think that the Second Amendment is there to protect if the rule of law was to break down, but I think it also is necessary for us to maintain for the average person because as we have seen with Epstein and we have seen with the Clintons and we have seen with um, people who go to jail for small offenses and other people who don't who stay out of jail for causing major problems in the in the country it is important for the average person just the regular citizen to be able to defend themselves because we have as fair and as as fair as the United States is we still have a tiered system some people like to point out the racial differences i am more concerned about the fact that somebody like epstein uh, the whole Epstein thing was totally covered up, right? Um, anybody based, you know, you could be a poor white guy, poor black guy. If you get caught doing what Epstein did, your ass is toast in the legal system. But Epstein was getting treated. If you don't believe me, check out Mike Cernovich. He did a lot of good research into uh, into the situation with Epstein, how the legal system treated Epstein with kid gloves. Now, I haven't done my own extensive research into this, but Cernovich is solid. He's, uh, you know, he's he's a solid legal. He's a solid legal dude. That's all I can say. But anyway, the fact that society could break down. And the fact that governments could become tyrannical and the fact that we have a tiered system in the United States means that the people should retain some amount of power. It's not right that the elites should be able to cause division through media and and be able to get away with the most horrific crimes that you can think of, right? Like Ed Buck, that Democratic donor who's had two black guys, I think, die in his apartment of drug overdoses. You know that guy got away with a lot. I don't know what's going on with him now, but you need to check out the story of Ed Buck. And that guy got away with a lot of stuff. But things that regular Americans wouldn't get away with. Same with the Clintons. And you know what? I'm sure you could find it on the Republican side too. Um but the bottom line is if you are wealthy enough in America, you still can get away with a lot more than your average regular fucking Joe. And the regular Joe needs to be able to defend himself if these elites begin to run wild. So I am totally in favor of the Second Amendment, and I don't think that uh, I am not in favor of additional – most additional restrictions. I'm not going to say across the board. I think we've got a pretty good system already. In my opinion, without going too deep into it, I think our biggest issue with gun violence in the United States is a cultural issue, not a gun issue. You know, as Joe Rogan says, it also could be a mental health issue. But I'm not in favor of restricting gun rights further. Now, on to the next segment. Thank you. And uh, here are some sponsors. All right, fellows, here we are back. So, 
As some of you may know, I am in the fantastic, beautiful country of Taiwan and um, staying in Taipei. My Airbnb host's family has been extremely gracious and took me into their home to, you know, pretty much they would allow me, you know, if I needed anything, they would let, you know, they would, they would help me. But they invited me into their home on a regular Sunday basis for a feast and also to engage in a small uh, um, which is roughly, with my pronunciation being horrible, roughly translates into church, I guess. And the whole thing is in Mandarin Chinese and, uh, of course, obviously with a, a Taiwanese uh, twist to it. And I don't understand most of it, but I am trying to get involved and you know i don't consider myself religious but i do respect these people and so i do my best to be involved in the service you know and in the service everyone goes and uh talks about what they think about something about what we were supposed to read now i like i said i'm not huge into all of the religiosity part of it but what i did read cuz i always try to be as sincere and genuine as possible. So when I uh, read it, I, what I've been doing is trying to I'll read and if I can apply what if something hits me, then I'll see what I can apply it to in the world. What can I I can apply it to in myself as well. So the the verse I tried to read in Mandarin, I had to get a bunch of help because I'm an idiot. Uh, was John chapter twelve verse forty two. And this is online, the New International Version, and it said, Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. So this was a lot of the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, uh, believed Jesus and the miracles he was performing, but they were afraid to acknowledge it. And... Uh, this struck me when I was in the the service because I feel like that is a you know it might be a problem as old as time, which is people telling the truth when they know they need to. So Jordan Peterson used to talk about this about how the truth is the most important thing. Speaking the truth is the most important thing, uh, or one of the most important things, and it's a foundational component of uh, the West, of Christianity, is speaking the truth. You must speak the truth. Don't lie. And that is actually what kind of brought Peterson into the limelight and what also got him attacked very, very heavily. That's what got him attacked very heavily was because he was saying what he perceived as the truth. And it's funny because I was just – I've been listening to this book called The Book of Five Rings and it's a very famous book. Or very, it's a very famous but not famous book at the same time. Like um, almost every successful person recommends reading it but you're never going to find it talked about on a New York Times thing. But then again, I don't read the New York Times so I could be wrong. And – what they talked about in um, in the book of uh, Five Rings, the they t- the uh, narrator at some point, and this might be still before we get into it, talks about how words are 
uh, also a very powerful weapon. So you must be careful with your words. Now, it's funny because that makes me think about this podcast, right? How many times am I just saying nonsense and how much am I not saying nonsense? I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to describe, but words are very important. And also the truth is very important. And in this day and age, which like I said, is probably a problem as old as time, people are afraid to say the truth. And in the in the United States right now, we have a huge problem and it's the US, it's Canada, it's other places where people are getting in trouble for saying who they voted for. People are losing their jobs or try, people are being attacked for their livelihoods. Uh, their livelihoods are being attacked for them saying that they believe there are, are you know, male and female or that they don't believe that gender is fluid or saying biological facts like men, you know, a biological man cannot have a child. These are obvious things. These are obvious truths. Like we, everybody knows for a fact that a biological male cannot have a kid. Everybody knows for a biological fact, you know, at least naturally. I mean, who knows what people might be able to do scientifically, but that's, you know, that's a different subject. But everybody knows that. Everybody knows a biological man doesn't have a period, doesn't have a uterus, right? Unless they are technically born with some strange malformation. Now, once again, these are nuanced conversations because that is a general perspective which is generally holds true. Yes, we have outliers. Yes, there are hermaphrodites. Yes, there are strange things that happen with people. But for the most part, that is not all people. So it's perfectly fair for us to say things like in general, you have a biological male, biological female. But now you're not allowed to say that in the United States. Or I mean, you know, you are, but it's controversial. It's also very strange. As I've said before, a lot of people are living in the matrix. You're not allowed to tell the truth. You're, you're, it is becoming culturally unacceptable to say basic truths. Like maybe men and women like different things. Or maybe in general, biological women are not as strong as biological men. Of course, there are outliers. I went to a 24-hour fitness. I'm pretty strong for a guy my size. That being said, there was a woman in there that was a bodybuilder clearly and she was large. Now, also was that her natural size? Most likely not. She was very large and was probably taking uh, male hormones or like, you know, some kind of testosterone booster or whatever because it was just ungodly. She was ungodly big. But regardless, people like her are outliers, right? The majority of women are not going to be able to lift as much as I am doing the same amount of physical training that I do. That's just the bottom line. And I'm not even a big dude. And but saying that now is controversial and or acknowledging that women that women have a biological clock and that men don't or acknowledging that there are emotional differences between men and women. Now, once again, these are general differences, but there are different types of emotional uh, emotion. Uh, there are emotional differences between men and women that you can kind of look at. Right. And there are probably some good evolutionary reasons for that. And that's OK. But the bottom line is, is you can't even say some of these things nowadays without being attacked for uh, being racist or being sexist or whatever. And it's just a sign 
of our humanity. And it's something, you know, as even though the left wing likes to think we are extremely progressive, that uh, that uh, the world is progressing, we are still dealing with problems as old as humans, as old as civilization, which is people are always afraid to say the truth when it's not acceptable. If it's not culturally acceptable to say the truth, then people will not say it because people are afraid to lose their livelihoods. They're afraid to lose their money, afraid to lose their status, afraid to lose their whatever. And I think that we live in a time in the West, you know, I sometimes think I'm too gloomy. You know, some people are seem to be more optimistic. I am optimistic in certain ways. I feel as though I act out optimistically. I think my life will be good. I think things will be positive. Um, but as Peter Thiel pointed out, I don't necessarily know what direction things are going to be positive or good. I just, you know, hope that that's going to be the case. Anyway, I feel as though we need that there needs to be a stronger effort from people, corporations, and companies not to give in to the bullshit. I recently saw MailChimp, a company, um, I don't exactly know what they do. They provide email services, probably other services, uh, get rid of Stefan Molyneux. And I'm not, I don't listen to Stefan Molyneux anymore, but I still don't like to see them get rid of him because somebody tweeted at him uh, that he was racist. So anyway, I'd like to see more open discussion in the U.S. I wa- I, what I really want to see is for the U.S. conversation and dialogue to get back to where it was when I was in high school, where we all lived in the same reality, which was you could talk about racism no matter what color you were. You could talk about fem- women's and men's rights no matter what gender you were. There w- it, we didn't live in a world where um, where if you're labeled racist, you're not a person. Or we didn't live in a world where you're not allowed to say something controversial because it offends somebody. So anyway, I hope we can get back to there. I hope we can get back to that world. But we'll see. Anyway, uh, this is a my broadcast. I'm signing off for today. It is late. I need to get my ass to bed. And uh, you can follow me on my blog, tstutch.com, Twitter, tstutch1. Email me, tayradio1 at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on YouTube, Taylor Space Touch. Thank you. Have a great day.